Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of Of Course China. My name is Fernando, and this is Ziv. And today we have a very special guest. Ziv, tell us about him. Michi. Hey, hey. Michi. Michi Perrin. He's a graphic designer from Washington, USA. He's been living in Chan'an, a rich part of Dongguan, for more than eight years, and he's working for an international furniture company as a graphic designer. He's well known in town. Or his crazy party dive bar, Ziggy's, and the currently uh, recently launched uh, Ziggy's Retro Diner. Well, welcome、yeah. to the show. Thanks, guys. Good <laughs> to be here. Yeah, we we got we got you in the middle of the day, so、uh, not party yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm still sleeping off my hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, I'm here. Mentally, I'm asleep. <laughs> All right. So, why don't we start with、uh, some of the basic questions?、Um, you are from Washington. Where about in in Washington? I grew up、uh, actually in a city called well, it's three cities, Tri Cities. I grew up in a place called、uh, Finley, Washington, which is like a town of like five thousand people. All right. And、uh, you worked there as a graphic designer as well.、Uh, as soon as I graduated high school, yeah, I was always able to draw. So as soon as I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to go in something to do with the arts. So. Went to a trade school down in Phoenix and、uh, got you know two years of study in、uh, graphic design and went right into the field. Right. So then you went back to Washington and worked worked as a graphic designer right away. Yep. So you've been a graphic designer all your all your whole life. Yep. Right. Okay. And then、uh, so what kind of a graphic designer job、uh, back then in the U.S.、Uh, were available? What did you do? What kind of company?、Uh, my first job actually was at a, a car dealership. Big、okay. car dealership. They had like fifteen、uh, different brands. So、huh. uh, that was that was a really fun job. You know, you got the you got to take the demos out, right? So you get like you know, Z28s and Corvettes, and you know, when you're、uh, like twenty two years old and cruising around in a Corvette. <laughs> so a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures of cars in your designs.、Uh, yeah. Well, they were simple. We did we did these big things called like a it was like a double truck, which would be a six page page ad、uh, insert. That we put in the newspaper. So I, oh yeah, I, I was averaging like、uh, what Monday, Tuesday, and we had to turn it in on Wednesday. I was averaging like probably thirty six hours of straight work every every、wow. Monday and Tuesday.、Wow. The, those those jobs are still there right now. I mean, you're talking about you know a bit、uh, later now.、Uh, the graphic designer in a car dealership in the USA is doing the same thing now. I think it's really changed now, though. I think now it's more multimedia and and stuff like that. Yeah, right. I'm sure they're still. In in that area, you know, it's a small town, right? People still read the newspaper, so right. Sure, they're still doing some of that, but I I know that they moved more to、uh, more digital advertising.、Okay. And then、uh, you said you came to China about twelve years ago, right?、Uh, how did how did it happen? I mean, why China? And、uh, well, so the best job I had in、uh, graphics and packaging design was at a place called、uh, Jor Corporation in、uh, Montana. And I worked there for like、uh, six years, and then unfortunately the company kind of fell on hard times, and、I、had to move on. And then I just kind of bounced around from crappy job to crappy job. And then there was an an exact duplicate of the job that I used to do at the Jor、uh, Corporation,、uh, doing packaging design for tooling,、uh, that popped up, and they sent me a, a email and a massive job offer, and I jumped on it. Massive job offer for, to China. Yeah. Right. All right. So back in the day, right, twelve years ago,、um, you talk about a massive job offer. What were some of the features of this massive job offer, like perks and and fringe benefits and things like that that you would get then that probably you don't get now? 
or well, new people who come here don't get now? I'd like my own private office, private driver. Uh, they paid for, was like a meal fee, then like an entertainment fee, uh, apartment fee, a yearly bonus. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that travel back home every yeah, year. Two tickets per year. Wow. Two tickets per year. This this driver thing. Um, what kind of car was it? Was it a? Uh, it wasn't car? anything fancy. It was her name was oh, what was her name? It was a girl. Yeah. Wow. Oh, right. Girl driver. Okay. <laughs> it's not uh, common. Wanda. Her name was Wanda. Wanda. She Wanda, and she was about three and a half feet tall. <laughs> What kind of seat did she have? <laughs> <laughs> she just had like a little little Toyota Corolla, but still, it was like private car, right? I mean, waiting for me every day, uh, you know, at lunch, you know, pick me up in the morning, take me home at night. If I need to go somewhere later, right. she'd come by and pick so me they up. So they gave you an apartment. You came in, right? Uh, uh, the, the apartment was waiting for you here, right? Yeah. yeah, it was a really nice apartment, too. Let me right. get back to this, this Wanda driver. How did it feel to be driven around by a woman in China? I mean, everybody knows that driving in China is a little bit hectic and whatnot. Um, and, and she was short and I don't know. I'd say women are better but driving. but Oh, it was hilarious. Wanda was great. <laughs> she, she was like a little ball of fire. She cracked me up. Did like, she speak English? Oh, not a lick. <laughs> no. So how did you? So did so my the guy that I replaced, he he was still he's still a good friend of mine, Charlie. Uh, he's from the UK, so he just ended up moving on to another job, and that's how my job became available, right? But Wanda was also his driver as well. Okay. Right? Ah. But you ask about Wanda's English, Wanda would be like, you know. His name's Charlie, right? She'd be like, Charlie. <laughs> so now I call Charlie that to this day. Charlie. No Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> What'd she call you? Mickey. Me. <laughs> right. Nice. How long is she, was she your driver? Oh, like the whole two years. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was great. And that was in uh, Hangzhou. Yep. So you, you came directly to Hangzhou, which is a nice... Uh, quite famous city in China, right? Yeah, it's one of the most visited places apart from Beijing. Right, close to Shanghai, right? Yeah. So we used to, we used to, my friends and I used to, you know, we'd hop the train and go up to Shanghai all the time. Did they have that uh, fast train back then? No. We think the slow train was still not that bad, right? Right, right. It's not too far. So, um, boy, did you know anything about Hangzhou, China, before you came here? Not a, not a thing. In right. fact, when I first came over, uh, my boss, so my boss has, obviously, he's, he's been in, my boss was an Irish guy that owns a factory and he, he probably has, uh, you know, just from his business dealings and stuff and all the different factory owners, you know, he knows hotel owners and all this. So for the first few days, right, my apartment wasn't ready. So they were putting me in just random hotels that were my boss knew the owner. Right. Right. So, and they were busy doing stuff for work. So, you know, it's like I came over, I met everybody and then they put me up in this hotel and I'm like, in, I'm excuse my French, but I'm like in serious bum. Egypt, Hanjo. I'm in the middle, no, middle of nowhere, <laughs> right? They've never seen a white person type okay. nowhere, right? And I had like this this uh, translation book, right? And I didn't book, you know, I didn't, not an yeah, app. Yeah, just a <laughs> one book. of the lonely this planets. Is, this is the old days. Chinese yeah. phrases. So, you know, I'm walking down the street, and all these Chinese are just giving me like the dirtiest looks. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get knifed, right? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, you know, you gotta you gotta buck up. You know, you gotta be brave. You know say something to somebody so i'm like okay the next person i see i'm gonna you know i'm gonna say ni hao to him right right i look up in the book okay ni hao, ni hao. <laughs> so i'm walking and of course the next person i run into is this uh triad looking dude right Ch <laughs> you know wife beater shirt big gigantic dragon tattoo looking at me just super mean and i'm like ni hao <laughs> and he's like oh <laughs> ni hao, ni hao. 
So, just so you mean complete change as soon as you tried a little bit, right? So the looks weren't really mean, right? You, no, but in your just, mind, in your shocked. mind, they yeah. were mean. The they first were just time, just shocked to see a white person. Yeah. Did you get a culture shock? That this was part of it, I guess. But yeah, of course, yeah. Culture shock, yeah. Um, so it, back then, you're talking twelve years ago. Um, was it easy to meet other foreigners? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but out out in the boonies, I mean, there well, weren't I, that many, I guess. Uh, yeah, where I lived in in Binjong was like a small uh, suburb, so. Uh, you know, the expats were like basically desperate to meet any other expats, right? <laughs> right. And then, uh, uh, so, so Hanjoy, staying with Hanjoy a bit, um, being a famous city, uh, well-traveled. Uh, what, what, what did you like in Hanjo? What, what would you do that uh, you would recommend someone today to, uh, to do in Hanjo? Well, of course, go see West Lake. I mean, that's, it's just beautiful, right? With all the, it's got like some pagodas and there's actually some of the original uh, temples, right? That weren't knocked down and rebuilt. Nowadays, there's a lot of beautiful bars and restaurants along the lake. Yeah. Really, really nice. Those are really nice. They have the water show right on the lake, right? The, the, the water display, yeah. Yeah, the water display on they the lake. They do that too, yeah. Yeah, there is a, have you been to the mountain, Moganshan? Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was there a few years ago. You all right. see the whole city. It's amazing when you right. get up there. And then you moved to Dongguan, Chang'an. Yep. Uh, what was that move about? Uh, so the basically the job I had in Hanjo was like a contract job. So once once it was up, uh, basically what the, the boss was there was really smart, Simon. He'd bring in new people like fresh blood every uh -huh. like couple of years, right? So he know, my, my term was up and, and it was time for somebody else to roll in. <laughs> so uh, I looked for jobs and there just happened to be one at the furniture company over here, uh, Twinstar, where I work now. So moved over here. Based on you know, so you've been with this job. company all this time. Yeah. Did did a foreigner uh, replace you with the other job? Yeah, of course. So he just had foreigners like two years uh, contracts yeah. rotation. <laughs> okay, interesting. Did you uh, were you happy to move away from Hanjo or? Yeah, it was nice to uh, I mean, you know, find go to another city, ex experience more China. Right. And what did you hear about Dongguan before you came here? We kind of spoke about it a little bit before. Yeah, you know, you guys, when I, when I coming over, I heard, you know, God, this place is like sex capital of the world. It's right. going to, you know, it's going to be just insane. And I got here and I was like, I saw way more weird stuff in Hanjo than I see here. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, when I first came here and I, I was two days after arrival, I was sent to uh, Mudanjiang and people would tell me like Mudanjiang is the sex capital of China. I'm like, and it seemed like every place you go, people tell you that. I'm right. like, that, that's... <laughs> Right. What kind of promotion is <laughs> Right. I mean, I think when you go on YouTube and you search for Dongguan, uh, right there on the first page, you'd find a lot of sex-related things or mm -hmm. girls or sauna or whatever, right? Yeah, KTVs. Um, yeah, so I th it's really famous for that for mo even outside of China, mm -hmm. Dongguan. But uh, yeah, 16, 17 years here, I mean, you know, even before the sex bust, you don't really see it in the street. You didn't really uh, uh, feel it so so strong. I mean, if you really wanted it, yeah, you could go to places. But um, it's not like what people think, I, I find a lot. Do you still get people asking about it because you're in Dongguan? Uh, you know, actually, uh, the, the people that when I come over to China, the, I guess maybe they're all pru pru uh, prudes or whatever, but they never heard anything about Dongguan <laughs> being <laughs> okay. like that. So, <laughs> so you live in, uh, you, you moved from Hangzhou to Chan'an. Chan'an, yeah. which is a town of Dongguan. Uh, Dongguan has 32 towns. The um, technical term is prefecture-level city. All right. Yeah, you got it, Fernando. <laughs> Shithole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chan'an is, uh, is a famous one for Dongguan. 
I think because of uh, what uh, mold plastic industry. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a ton of uh, mold in uh, automobile mold factories around there. That's like they're the boon for that area. Right. So if you have products like this at home, uh, good chances they're made in Chanan, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, is it? Um, it's a smaller town. Is it's not like where we are now in the city, right? Um, What's the population? Do you happen to know? It's actually pretty big, really. Yes, it's still big. like 11 million people there or something. For like real? Yeah. No, no. 11 million people? That's what I was told. In Chanan. If you include like Old Town Chanan and some of the where it's grown grown together with other areas. What yeah. I know is Maybe that the whole million. city of Dongguan is about 10, 11 million. 10 million in Dongguan. So okay, perhaps so they're talking about the whole city of Dongguan, including Chanan. Yeah. I think okay, Chanan Chan mm. <laughs> Chan is big though. Yeah, maybe close to a million, I guess. Um, and what uh, I always hear is that it's rich. Is it? Do you feel like locals are, are rich? I think so for sure. I see a lot of... Mercedes, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, mm. like Ferraris and Lamborghinis, not as much, but uh, definitely you'll s you can't walk 10 feet without seeing an S-Class Mercedes or a BMW. Right. So when you arrived today, I asked you and I, and I said, uh, I don't really meet uh, too many uh, foreigners in China that are graphic designers, that work as a graphic designer. Um, if you do meet, it's probably someone with his own company or something like that, a studio, or maybe Shanghai, Beijing is di different. But uh, so, what do you do? Uh, you said you're working now in Shanghai, and the company is called Twin Twin Star. Twin Star. You make furniture and electric fireplaces. Electric fireplaces. What, what's what's the job like for a graphic designer or for what you do here in China? Uh, right now it's our busy season, so like you know, we're probably I probably get. 30, 40 different uh, design files a day that need some sort of correction or redesign before we send them to press. So it's busy time for me. So you prepare the designs to go to uh, produce the packaging? Yeah. That's Everything that comes over here is p packaging or POP. Right, um, right. Static stickers for fireplaces or, you know, uh, to place on products, stuff like that. How long does it take you to just do one of these reviews or... Fixing uh, something. It really varies quite a lot because if it's just a simple change, you know, it can take like five minutes. But if it's, you know, putting something on a completely new dye line because we switch factories, that can take an hour, two hours. What do you mean switch factories? What are some of the issues that, that you encounter that uh, you would need to switch factories? Sometimes our company, they're always looking to save pennies, right? So, mm -hmm. so, if, as, we, so as the U.S. is designing an item for, for packaging, right, that's already been bought by a customer, We'll take the sample that was built by the original factory and we'll send it to the designs to a couple other factories. And if they can beat the price of the place that built it for us, the order is placed. We'll send the order over there and then that might cause them to have need a new dye line or whatever. Mm, okay. Do you have any issues with factories uh, after the print? Uh, something happened to the design you prepared? Like the factory f***ed it up? No, they're all, they're all really good and they're very careful about that. Right. We got we got this department that's like what do they call it like PO control, and it's like ninety percent women, and you know th they have uh, relationships with all the factories we deal with. So, you know, if, if they did screw something up, they they'd be able to negotiate and get them those, out of it. For those of us of us who don't know, what's PO exactly? Purchase order. Oh, <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. Um, you use specific software, right, to, to do your graphic design, but China is known for having tons of pirated uh, software. Is that an issue um, where you work? Yeah, I mean, uh, my software is provided because I, I use, like, a, a Mac. I don't use PC. Mm -hmm. 
So my U.S. office, the marketing department over there, they make sure that I get the, you know, 100% legit software packaging straight from our IT department in the U.S. But the the other staff, you know, some of the people have to do manuals and other small things using software. And, and yeah, that they use pirated. And, you know, it's pretty flaky and buggy. It crashes and stuff all the time. Mac, Mac, Mac is pretty probably pretty uh, harder to get uh, the copied ones, I would say, right? For yeah, Mac. you... If any, I think any software now nowadays is getting pretty difficult because if you're logged onto the internet, it's constantly checking that you have a right. valid yeah. serial number. But I have ways pirated. around it here. They do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember when, when we uh, have ways. Two thousand five, <laughs> around April, I guess, when I started thinking about doing an English magazine, and uh, so I went online and I wrote in Google, "How do you? What software do you need to design a magazine?" And it came with InDesign. Mm-hmm. So I went to the computer market. I'm like, I need this software. It took me a while uh, back then. And yeah, I got like 8 RMB. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I installed it and I started working on it. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> this is uh, China. Back then, probably more, but still, right? Still in some way. Actually, you don't need to go get the 8 RMB CD now. You just, uh, what is it, torrents? A lot of, people, yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. people buy them on Taobao. Like I know a lot of YouTubers that are trying to like learn new things on this Adobe suit, uh, Suite. Um, uh, for example, After Effects is one of the most used ones. You can get it like for six RMB, eight RMB on Taobao, and you get just a key, and that's what you. I, type I in. don't. I don't support infringement, but uh, if I had to buy the real ones back then, I wouldn't sit here now. True. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cr- even now it's crazy expensive. Yeah, now, it now that now it's a yearly license, right? You get yeah. it for like a year, yeah. and it's like six hundred US dollars. I'm sure we all have a computer. Uh, I'm sure we all have computers with fake windows in them. Yeah, you build a tower, you go to computer city, hey, I need this much RAM, I did some this much hard drive. And which windows do you want? Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be difficult with the windows because even when you bought a a laptop in China and uh, legit, you know, HP, whatever, Asus, and uh, it came with Windows, real Windows, which is great, but it was in Chinese. And back then, you couldn't yeah. switch a language. Now, Windows 10, it's, it's fine, yeah. right? But finally. <laughs> yeah, finally, yeah. I but think this is what I want to do. That looks like the right character. <laughs> yes, I think that's what I want to do. Yeah, I actually, I go on my designer computer upstairs here, and... Um, in design, and I, I I know a lot of in design now because I, I did a lot in the beginning, and but it's in Chinese. He got it in Chinese. I'm like, where is place? Where is export? I absolutely hate when I use my app, for example, my bank app, mm. and they update the app right. and they move the bottom. Like what the? Yeah, until you, you figured it like, out. And I can't transfer the money to you because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. What what do you find? You find any issues with uh, after 12 years in China? What are still the issues that you have with language barriers? Oh, my Chinese still sucks. Yeah, but I mean, uh, but you find you, you get your way, right? By yeah, now, I, you. I, I can speak enough Chinese to get me into trouble, just not enough to get me out. <laughs> did you ever study? <laughs> uh, I did in the beginning, and then I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> I'll just get by. What, what do you say to people who say, like, oh, if, you don't, if you've been to China long enough and you don't speak Chinese, then you're not a real foreigner, you're not a real expat, and you'll be wasting your time? What do you say to people that think like that? Because the three of us probably were on the same boat here. Uh, I, you know, I, <laughs> I speak bar English and that's enough. <laughs> you know, I find that, you know, the thing that gets me through really is like humor, right? Humor is, humor is universal, right? Mm-hmm. So if I know some funny words in Chinese or whatever, 
you can break the ice and, and get what you need or get past whatever the problem is if you use a little bit of humor. So And you get your Chinese girlfriend to help you to do what you want. <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, she, that's she does all the heavy lifting. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> so so back to uh, Chan'an. Uh -huh. So you moved to Chan'an from Hangzhou to Dongguan, right? Um, how uh, is two, is Hangzhou second tier city, I would say? Mm, still? Probably, yeah. You know, I, don't I mean, know today, I, it's weird now, right? Dongguan now is first tier city, which is bullshit, you know, <laughs> I think. You know, but uh, it's a similar size cities. Uh, do you see any differences? Do you feel any differences, foreigner-wise, Chinese-wise? Um, Just the city anything? itself, the yes. layout of the city? A cleaner, any one of them, or is it pretty similar? Uh, I think city-wise, they're, they're pretty similar, but, you know, obviously there's way more people, at least in my opinion, in Hangzhou than there is in Ch uh, Dongguan. Okay. I mean, when you go into still last time I went to Hanjo was a couple of years ago, you go in on fourth bridge or whatever, you're in a solid traffic jam, someplace that could take you, should take you like an hour to get to, it'll take you three hours. I mean, right. I remember being in a cab and the, and it's a, the bridge is like a three lane bridge. There'd be six lanes because yeah, people just yeah. trying to That's what happens yeah. in China. meander through. Right. I could, I remember thinking I could put my thumb on the door of the car and, still touch the car next to me as they're trying to squeak through <laughs> to get through. I'm like, this is just insane. And you, and you think like if everybody would just follow the rules, <laughs> this would be faster. Guys. See those little But the line would be longer. I gotta be first. My car is bigger than yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't drive here. No, I have, I have a motorcycle, a scooter. You do? Yeah. Oh, I, I think you like it. Yeah. <laughs> the motorcycles, we had to talk about it. How long have you had it? Have you changed it? Um, What's that? How long have you had your scooter? Uh, oh, probably like, my one I have now, it's like 150cc gas one. It's like, I think I've had that like four or five years. Uh-huh. And have you had any accidents? Have you had any oh, incidents? Had, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst one was, uh, you know, usually I'm, I mean, after the accident, especially, I always try to like stay out of traffic, right? I just buzz along on the edge, edge of the road or on the mm -hmm. sidewalk, cross traffic and get to where I need to go, right? Yeah. But uh, I remember like two years ago, I uh, was going into work and my work's on by the scooter. My work's only like five minute drive away. And I was trying to beat traffic and I got out into traffic and I just missed the light. So I was stuck in the middle of traffic, right? Like a three lane road, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, well... I'll just gun it as soon as the light changes and, and there's a, a pass through for the other other side to turn around just yeah. up the road, right? So I gunned it up there, you know, to get away from the cars behind me. And this guy comes driving and pulls right in front of me as I'm doing 40, trying to get through the pass through, but he's on the, on the, on the front comment. side of it. So I can't go around him. And I'm like, I'm going like 40 kilometers an hour. I'm like, I, I can't stop. So, you know, you just uh, reflex. I just locked up both both front and back brakes. Ah, right? your my front bike, wheel went down. My bike just laid down, right? And I was in like shorts and like a tank top and with my backpack on the back, oh. right? I flew like 10 feet and just road rashed it, right? Oh. And the guy like looks at me like, oh shit, that's a white guy. Burr, gone. And exactly. I'm like, asshole. They do that all the but, time. But you would probably not be in the right, right? Because is it allowed to drive that bike? No. It's not. Right, so because Dongguan uh, forbid any motorcycles, I guess. But it's a funny. But it's funny. I have a friend that had a, a very similar thing happen, and he was on a, a big old uh, KTM, right? Like we're talking like a 
thousand cc okay. street bike, which is still not allowed, right? Still not oh, completely. Right. If mine's illegal, that thing's right. on fire illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and and he got in an accident. One same thing. Somebody pulled right. out in front of me, clipped the front of their car, caused a huge ruckus, and the cops were like, "Yeah, this was an illegal turn through." So he was illegal. So no problem. Take your bike and go. Really? Because he broke the law first. Anything that happened after that, it's like we don't see Chanan. it. Chanan. Yeah. Wow. The same. The thing happened to me when I had my bike. Um, I went um, after a green light. So red light, green light started going. It was raining, and then a BMW made a U-turn on a double yellow line. So I had to hit the brake. Again, same thing. Locked up the front wheel, and I touched the back of the BMW. So <laughs> I called my friend. Like, hey, I just had this accident. What do I do? Like, say that you're hurt, get an ambulance, and when you get to the hospital, hit it. You've lost your bike forever. I'm like, thanks for the hit, for the tip. That's exactly what I did. And I lost my bike, even though it was not my fault. But had I fought it like your friend, maybe I could still have my bike. But maybe, or maybe it would be much worse. It would have been a lot more trouble, yeah. Right. But a lot of foreigners in China drive the e bikes now, right? I mean, it, it started in China, this craziness with the e bikes. But I think back home now, a lot of people are doing it, right? Yeah. yeah I of mean, course. in Israel, they do it. In the US? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started it's here. It's all though, the rage, right? right? Green. Green uh, transportation and is like, the way to go. Yeah, e-bike, e-scooters. But uh, still, like, so a city like Dongguan, and there are many cities like this in China that are not uh, allowing uh, motorcycles and mm -hmm. also, I guess, e-bikes, right? Or it's unclear. I mean, is it now? They see, yeah. Whenever I see the cops go around, and they, you know, it seems like every couple of months they have, you know, we need to get rid of motorcycles. So they get and they'll take e-bikes, the e anything, they take everything. Yeah. What they actually um, complain about is that they are riding on the on the road uh, sorry on the sidewalk right that's the main thing in every in my country is terrible yeah they a lot of uh, accidents running into old people mm -hmm. so these kids with e-bikes right so so yeah it is an issue but in china this is like how traffic is right it's like you go where you can <laughs> you just uh <laughs> we were in, speaking of that we're in when we were in uh when I was in Hanjo, it's an inside joke with my friends about every time I tell a Hanjo story. Hanjo story, <laughs> we all we all scream. And uh, I had this buddy that he's best friends with my my boss Simon at the factory, and we're walking, and I'm like, yeah, I just can't believe the traffic in China. It's like, you know, we're we're, we're literally talking. I'm like, it's the only place that that's safe to walk is the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, we hear like, yeah, we hear like the sidewalk breaking as a BMW is driving down the sidewalk. <laughs> Because because the lights red, I so would we say just drove just onto the sidewalk. One thing to this, of course, China. China. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's take a short break, and then we're coming back. We're at a couple of games. All right, guys. So we're back, and we are going to start playing one of our games. We're going to play what, Ziv? We're going to play this or that. How does that go? So we're going to ask you, Michi. Uh, we're going to give you a choice question with a couple of choices, and you're just going to tell us uh, which one you prefer. Okay. okay. So, Fernando, you go ahead. Okay, let me see. Let me get my papers ready. All right. Rock or heavy metal? Heavy metal. Why? What's your favorite band? Or I, I su I'm surprised. Really? <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, you know, I'm like, I uh, grew up, my brother was a, my older brother was an influence, and he listened to a lot of, like, heavy metal. But my, my heavy metal probably nowadays, you know, probably doesn't, maybe it doesn't, uh, Meet the criteria. It's you know, always like the Metallica, Judas Priest. Right. Uh, too commercial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always the big brother influence. I'm, I'm definitely not uh, not a Gwah! 
none of that. Sad <laughs> kind of heavy metal. Pantera. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know the names. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Zid, All right. Next go. one. Tap or battle? What was that one? <laughs> Tap beer. Draft beer or oh, okay. battle beer? Uh, draft beer all day long. Draft beer. Yeah, for sure. There. Okay. All right. all right. Since you are a graphic designer, Arial or Times New Roman? Ooh, that's a tough one. Ah. Oh. Times New Roman. I like the I like the serifs on it. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Okay. Again, I'm surprised. <laughs> wow, you're full of surprises. Uh, all right. Next one is sneakers or flip flops. Oh, flip flops all day long. Flip flops. Hate wearing shoes. <laughs> but you come from Washington, if I could walk which is barefoot. I would. Washington <laughs> is quite cold. Yeah, not always. Where I, you wear them with socks? <laughs> where I was in Can't the, the flip flops. Where I was in the dry cities or the tri cities. We called it the dry cities. <laughs> the dry cities. Uh, they, we definitely. It got hot in the in the summer. I mean, like hundred and hundred and five would be normal. So. Can you wear flip flops to work here or something? I, I'm, the way you see me dress now is how I dress at work. All right. <laughs> I'm That's a walking billboard. So China is more lax about it. That's yeah. good. All right. Next one, a little bit more ze- more serious. Fame, money, or power? Uh, ooh, that's tough. All three of those answers suck. I, would, I wouldn't care about any of those. But uh, What would you care about then? What do you care about? Friendship. Uh, fun. Friendship. Friendship. Loyalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say loyalty either. I mean, people don't need to be loyal to me as long as long as we're friends. That's friendships. All that matters to me. All right. That's cool. Cool. Um, Beach, lake or the mountain? Beach. The beach. Love going to the beach. When the last time you went to the beach? We went to Phuket for uh, Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. You call it Phuket? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we won't, we won't go there. Again, I call it inside Phuket. joke. Yeah. <laughs> inside joke. Every time it's like, uh, where you want to go? We're going to Phuket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that tone, <laughs> friends with benefits or money on the night table? Oh, friends with benefits. Way better, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, Ask my friends about rotation. Long story. <laughs> It's another one. We need a longer podcast for this one, Fernando. <laughs> All right, next one. Tattooed cheeks. Yes or no? Sure. Yes. Tattooed. Why not? That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one for me is the last one. Hanzo or Dongguan? Oh, Dongguan all day long. Yeah? Yeah. Dongguan. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Paijo or Tequila? <sighs> Unfortunately, God, that's a terrible choice, but Tequila. <laughs> But still, <laughs> you would prefer none At of them. At least you can cover the taste of tequila a little bit. Baijiu, nothing kills that taste. All right. It's supposed to kill everything. And <laughs> this does. was liquefied. This or that. Let's continue with our conversation, right? So we were on graphic designing. Right. Yeah, yeah so I wanted to ask uh, for anyone that... Uh, is watching uh, back home, well, back home for us, but their home, <laughs> like in the US, Europe, anywhere. And a lot of people are losing their jobs these days, unfortunately, with the whole situation. And they may uh, look outside. Uh, is there any opportunities for graphic designers that are foreigners in China? What do you think? Oh, I think for sure. I, yes? see, I see, you know, I'm on LinkedIn or whatever, right? Yeah. And I constantly get barraged by headhunters. You know, people are always looking for Westerners for graphic design. Is it for like the big cities or anywhere? Anywhere. Really? Yeah. Of oh. course, the big cities have more, but. What kind of qualifications they're looking for? Like uh, uh, someone just graduated, uh, maybe worked one or two years in the States. Uh, I think somebody like that might might be an uphill battle unless they really, Difficult. really 
met the criteria. So you mean they're looking for more experienced? Yeah, I think so. Once, what is, what, sorry, what, what is the advantage of having a, a foreigner doing graphic design for a Chinese company? Uh, well, not all these companies are Chinese companies, though. Or, okay, but um, being the fact that we're in China and uh, Chinese graphic designers probably earn less, what would be the advantage of having a foreigner in, in your team as a graphic designer? Well, English is their first language, right? So anything you're dealing with, obviously you're, all the packaging, POP, any any manual writing is all has an English section, right? English, Spanish, and French. Sorry, but the average Chinese designer doesn't know French right. from English. You right. know, they wouldn't know which language. If you this had to be Spanish, they have no way. No wouldn't way it be that. easier if they hired like a teacher or just a foreigner who speaks the language instead of somebody who's a specifically uh, studied graphic designer and they have to pay for that? Well, that education that he got in that specific. Uh, there's other, but there's other aspects, right? There's, there's every day there's some sort of a, a issue that comes up where you've got to make a command decision that you don't have time to wait 12 hours to deal with your U.S. Mm -hmm. office to make that decision. You got to make, you know, you got to make million dollar decisions sometimes. So when know, they get a graphic designer, a foreigner, well, and first of all, you say this is their first language, English, not all of them. I mean, they can come from anywhere, right? But uh, I, I know what you mean. And, and when you get a, a foreign graphic designer in China, I guess you mean you you get a graphic designer plus a proofer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's an advantage. So, okay. So if someone is, uh, let's say, 30 years old and he's been uh, working as a graphic designer uh, in other countries, um, And for a while, and he's good, and he comes here and finds these jobs. How much can he expect to be paid? You think? Like, what? What's the ranges? It depends on the city, I guess. But yeah, I think the bigger cities you can get more money, obviously, because like rents and everything else are more. But I would say at least my guess would be like thirty thousand RMB, which is about month. five thousand dollars, almost five thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and usually you're. Uh, In a lot of the cases, you're like a consultant, so there's no taxes, right? Oh. That. oh, that's so a huge advantage. So it's like clean, depending on yeah. the country you're coming from. Right, right. So, so it compares pretty well, right, with with what they get in the West, at least nowadays, and particularly the lower cost of living here that makes it even more attractive, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Right. Okay, talking about this theoretical person that wants to come here, what are some of the skills that you think that are important for somebody wanting to relocate? I think you got to you got to be as as varied in your industry as you can, right? You should know you should know how to do, you know, 3D rendering as well as regular graphic design as well as, you know, web web design. Right. The more well-rounded you are. Exactly. The okay. more valuable you are. Yep. Right. I mean, I I see some of these job descriptions and like, you know, nobody studied all these different <laughs> mediums in school. I mean, That's just unbelievable to ask for that, but there's people out there that have done it. Mm -hmm. You mean in experience, not not necessarily studied at school, but they experienced it in uh, in various. Yeah, positions. exactly. They ended yeah. up they ended up doing it all, right? But right. They just had to learn in order to keep up with the field, right? Right. Right. All Do right. we want to move on to yeah, the right. topic of yeah. bars? So I mean, uh, I see your shirt. Uh, it has this. Uh, This logo. What? What is that? What? What's this? Where is this shirt from? Uh, it's this little hole in the wall down in uh, Chanan called Ziggy's. Right. This is a bar that you opened about five years ago. Yep. Um, yeah. So, wh what made you open a bar in in China? 
Actually, funny enough, it wasn't my idea. It was actually my girlfriend's idea. Okay. She enjoyed uh, drinking with my friends and just wanted a place for them to hang out. Uh, before Ziggy's existed, it was just a little Japanese restaurant. And we used to go there because they had like 10 RMB Asahi. So you could get <laughs> completely shit faced for like 100 RMB. And, you know, we'd have this place only seated like 18 people. And we'd literally have 18 Westerners in there, drink them. We'd drink them dry in their Asahi like every Friday and Saturday night and actually a lot of nights during the week. <laughs> and uh, one of my Australian friends, uh, Clint, one night, to, just to inform you guys on how we came up with the name, we got tired of calling it, you know, the Japanese restaurant, right? You know, the Ten RMB Asahi place. Yes. Yeah. So one night he said we, co- said we should call this place Ziggy's. And we're like, what are you on about? Why would we call it Ziggy's? And he's like, well, look, next door, there's a Japanese KTV called Stardust. So Ziggy's Stardust. So that's where I want to ask how many Asahis he had when he said that. Oh, Clint? He was a few in. To make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, probably, he's probably 10 deep by that time. <laughs> so then uh, you started calling it Ziggy's. Yep. And it was still the Japanese place, but you called it Ziggy's. Like you said a little bit, a little hole in the wall, a place you went to in Chanan with your buddies. Yep. When and did it become yours? I mean, yeah. And then when did you think, okay, maybe we should open, uh, we then should get this place? Out of the blue, my girlfriend uh, was like, you know, Ziggy's is up for transfer, which in China, transfer means like it's up for sale, right? They've gone out of business and they need to sell the license. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sell something, whatever <laughs> they can. And uh, she negotiated with them and uh, like, Within like two or three days, uh, Ziggy's was ours and uh, wow, this quick. took off from there. So what do you need to think about when you open a bar? I mean, in, in, in China, and I guess, again, you have probably so many different ways to do it on the cheap, on expensive, uh, so many ways. What did you do? What's uh, the story of how you opened? Uh, well, so when she, I mean, she kind of just recognized that I was, I was pretty, you know, I I'll clearly like to drink. <laughs> and she was like, you'd be a good bar owner, I think. So, uh, you know, she kind of just threw me in the role. And uh, as we discussed beforehand, right, I was like, uh, you know, I've been going to all these bars and I see my friends buy these bottles and, you know, they cost these absorbent rates. And then there's really no beer selection anywhere. So, you know, I was like, if we're going to do this, I want to be different. So, you know, I got as big of a beer cooler as I could and, and packed it with as many different kinds of beer that, that I've enjoyed from different trips and everything else. Uh, so that's how I did the cooler. Right? I wanted different beers that I enjoy that, you know, we know taste good. You wanted then, something unique. So yeah, exactly. The, the beer selection. As, yeah, I wanted to be as unique as possible in any way that I could. What about the sourcing? I mean, the sourcing of those beers, you, you, you want to have a big selection, but probably some of those beers are not available. Do you import them? Or how do you go about getting that wide selection of beers? I've got so many freaking distributors. It's ridiculous. My, <laughs> my, my bar. There's no one place you can you get know. all of these no, beers. My barmaids like are pulling their hair out. Cause it's like, oh, which one, will, which one was this beer from again? Which one was this cider <laughs> uh, from again? Order that. Uh, yeah, you exactly. get that Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a nightmare, but, and they, and you know, nothing against the, the Chinese, but they just don't understand what, you know, if it was up to them, we'd have, you know, Two Qingdao, beers. Corona, Budweiser, and maybe 1664 and could call it good. Yeah. Right. Or a good old Heineken. and Right. So you it. do need to go to uh, many directions to, to get those beers. Yeah. Right. How many How many do you have? What's your selection? Uh, I think we're up to 75 different beers right now. 75. And like there's Americans, Europeans, all kinds. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Our, our number one seller, of course, is uh, which 
So long time ago, I went on a big trip to uh, Kunming with my friends. And we, when we were in Kunming, uh, we ran into Birlo, which is the beer of Laos, right? Kunming in Yunnan. Yep. Right? Yeah. And uh, everybody tried this beer. And it was like, oh, this beer is amazing. And they're like, you should bring this into Ziggy's. So as soon as, <laughs> I mean, on that trip, I'm like try, trying to track down Try distributors to, to find this <laughs> this beer. And we brought that beer in and what, uh, uh, beer Lao costs like 25 RMB a beer, but it's like five and a half percent alcohol, which for a beer is, is pretty decent. Mm -hmm. And they also have a dark, dark beer, which is like six and a half percent. And it tastes like a regular beer, which is all, uh, you know, we, I, we always make this joke, beer Lao. It's from Laos. They don't even have paved roads, but they make a hell of a beer. <laughs> so this is a beer from Laos, yeah. and it's called Beer Lao. Yep. Not sponsoring this podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> Neither is, is Heineken. It's, in, it's interesting <laughs> because uh, um, how do you import it from there? I mean, they, they have a distribution in China? Yeah, they got uh, it. They yeah, do. It's actually hugely popular. Just for whatever reason, not around Dongguan. I've been to a lot of places like, you know, when I went to Beijing and Hangzhou... A lot of the other big, bigger cities, they, they carry it. A lot of the bars carry it. For whatever reason down here, it's not as popular. Is it a craft beer? No. It's not just craft a beer. Just a regular lager. Oh, just a regular it's lager. A lager and a dark beer. Is it the most famous beer from Laos, I guess? <laughs> I mean, For is there sure. any other beer from Laos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's their only export out of the whole si whole country. How many, <laughs> how, many, uh, <laughs> how many American beers do you have? Uh, we got all the, what have we got? Probably you got Brooklyn, right? You got that. No, nah, we don't carry that not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, for whatever reason, uh, craft beers, uh, other than like we have we have Liberty Skinny Bitch on draft, right, and a few other sporadic uh, craft beers, but nobody in uh, Chonan drinks craft beers. Oh, why? I don't know. It's just not a big thing down there. Well, I mean, I try. They're not very have, fancy. I guess I used to have a huge craft beer selection, and they would just sit. Right. So now I have just the regular our regular lagers and uh, a few. You know, get like UK beers and stuff like that. So did you did you uh, for me I uh you know I think a lot of boys when you are young you dream one day you'll own a bar you know <laughs> maybe when you're a teenager right did you have that No not really, really. No not really It was not in the books So <laughs> it was kind of a surprise you you open a bar oh maybe I will be good in that uh I never thought it would would happen I'd Okay just, just you know I guess if you just get drunk with people eventually <laughs> things happen What do you usually drink at the bar uh, I'm a gen I well you can see by my svelte figure that I'm in really good shape. So <laughs> I was I was told to stop drinking beer, which is not happening. Right. <laughs> and uh, they told me that maybe if I switched to like gin and tonic. It would uh, help with the figure. It would help my figure. I but don't think which so, didn't right? work. No, I mean, tonic. <laughs> Still as uh, much sugar in tonic. Yeah, but exactly. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question because a couple of months, you guys, don't, you know that I don't drink too much, but a couple of months ago, somebody introduced me to some of those European fruit beers. Huh. Like, like berry beer or strawberry beer have you ever tried any one of those do you sell any of those no definitely not no we have ciders we have a bunch of different right. ciders but that's that's about as fruity as we get there's some belgium really fruity i i, I was surprised uh, you mean like a real fruit beer like a it strawberry tastes like, it tastes like uh, lemon or it tastes like uh, blackberry sounds like a wine cooler yeah, right? sounds yeah, like but it's actually uh, a beer. It's like or or all the way up, all the way to four percent or something like that. Sounds like uh, a wine cooler. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did you like it? I actually liked it. Yeah. Right. Did you <laughs> did you buy some? Yep. Okay. Yep. The wife enjoys it, and well, Michi thinks it's not a beer. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Gay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so okay. So you opened your bar. Now you gave it a real name, Ziggy's. Before it was just a nickname. Yep. 
Um, and you're a graphic designer. Yes. So you, I, I've been to your bar a few times, and uh, it's very unique for uh, a bar in China. You have a lot of artwork on the wall, right? Yep. You made it all yourself, I guess? Yeah. It took me, you know, uh, when I first got Ziggy's, it was just like, it was actually like lime green walls, and it was, you know, former Japanese, like, uh, barbecue restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I tore all the Japanese barbecue crap down, and I was like, what am I going to decorate this with? You know, I don't want to be just like the same as any other bar, right? You know, I don't want to be an Irish bar. I don't want to be this or I don't want to be that. And then I was like, you know, I, I like rock music. You know, I like I like movies. So, you know, I, I like, you know, we always come up with different funny phrases or whatever, me and the, our group of friends. So I'm like, what if I just did that on the walls? You, and then you're in China, so it's like less than one US dollar to print a poster. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's full of artworks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and they're all your creation. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. Um, okay, so uh, so the bar is very small. It used to be. Right. Okay. So in the beginning, it used to be. Actually, yeah, we'll get to that. You you have two places now. Yeah. Right. But the bar was very small, and you are known for parties. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what kind of parties? Why, what's uh, is it? Just the kind of people that are are there? Your friends uh, that just like to party? Uh, or, yeah, w what kind of crazy kind of parties you have? You know, in uh, we were very lucky in that uh, because it was originally a Japanese restaurant, we were able to maintain a lot of those customers, right? Because <laughs> they came you know, to the same address. <laughs> the uh, the area has, as we discussed earlier, the uh, it's all tooling for automotive. So there's a ton of Japanese, Koreans, uh, obviously uh, some Chinese. You know, we we had all this clientele built in, and then once we took over Ziggy's, obviously all the Westerners that used to go there still maintain going there. And, you know, they I think they enjoy the fact that, like, we still celebrate things that, that you would celebrate in the U.S., right? Like St. Patrick's Day or uh, 4th of July, any of these random odd holidays, we still celebrate it like you would in the U.S. And, you know, yeah, it just it turns out that, you know, we were able to cram. I mean, our, I think our biggest party, which would be my probably my birthday, we probably had seventy-five people in a bar that feeds fits eighteen people. <laughs> it's literally standing room only, and then there was, I don't know, thirty, forty people standing around outside. So, you have you had any runnings with the police because of situations like this? Oh yeah, our apartment complex hates us. <laughs> they, they absolutely despise us. So your bar is uh, uh, how do you describe the location? Below, um, yeah, it's below an apartment complex. Like literally, st straight up from us is the uh, management office. So there's like that half floor mm -hmm. in the apartment complex, and then right after that, apartments start. So it's not uncommon that when we used to be drinking at the bar, like if we were standing outside, you potted plants, uh, what? bottles of water would come raining down. <laughs> right. Anybody ever got Because a pot plant is... I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lighters. Lighters come flying down. You know, when they hit the ground, they explode. Anyone uh, brave uh, was brave enough to come down? Uh, one time, some Chinese guy came down in his pajamas. <laughs> but we were able to, like, negotiate, and then we ended up got him, getting him a beer and... Right. He calmed down. He and joined the party. Yeah, he did. <laughs> in his I pajamas. Got him a beer. Yeah, I got him a beer. He Hope calmed you got a down. picture of that. <laughs> so, so what? Uh, um, what kind of parties? Why, why can you tell us some more specifically about the kind of parties that you've had? Do you have themes like for your birthday? Yeah. Is there anything yeah, special? Yeah. What do you or? usually do? 
usually uh usually for my birthday it's we we nicknamed it Mitchapalooza, which <laughs> which is from uh old school right yeah and uh i my friends always give me shit but it's like you know it's funny it started with you know i have my birthday in china which would be the march 21st but then the next day in america would be my birthday right so that's already two days so, so i'm like well be. why not stretch it out to a whole week so every day during during the upcoming to my birthday plus it's also uh uh saint patrick's day falls in there so mm-hmm. we just right. it's just a week-long party for my birthday <laughs> what do you do there i mean during the party like every every day party how uh, is it have, different how is it different than regular week uh well <laughs> another thing ziggy's is known for is we have the bell shot right, right. so we have a, a giant like black cast iron, iron bell hanging in the bar and if you ring the bell you can buy everybody in the bar a shot for mm-hmm. 100 room and b Oh, ah. so everybody gets a shot just for a hundred RMB yeah. flat fee. Oh, yeah. so I mean, other bars have the bell, but I uh, I don't think other bars have this deal on no, the bell, right? So you not. just pay a hundred RMB and everybody get a shot. Doesn't matter how many people are there. Yes, doesn't matter. Next time hey. I'll, I'll ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always afraid to bar ring that owner, bell in bars. Bar owner, we I think we need to talk about this because this is something that's a topic that a lot of foreigners uh, have heard on YouTube and social media um, about fake alcohol. What's the situation with fail alcohol? How do you handle it? Um, is it relevant to you? What can you tell us about it? Yeah. Uh, well, that was one of the first things when when we took over and started Ziggy's. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had legit alcohol, right? Because I've, I've definitely been to some other bars, you know, in Dongguan and, and Chanan as well, where, you know, got up the next day and I was pr- feeling pretty sketchy. And everybody that I drank with was like, yeah, I think we got some fake booze last night. Mm. So I was lucky that uh, Jay from Liquor Town uh, contacted me and, and he came down and, uh, showed us his wares, everything that, you know, looked at what we were currently carrying, gave, gave us some suggestions, what to bring on and, and just blew the doors off what we were already paying. This is a guy, this is a guy, just a little bit of a background, right? This is a guy that owns a, 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 a distribution, a company that distributes, uh, alcohol yep. in all over China, right? Yep. Uh, the, he's called Liquor Town. He called himself the mayor of Liquor Town, right? <laughs> Jay. Not sponsored. Right. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have him on the podcast later on. But so he came, he came in. Uh, how did you meet him? How did you know about him? Uh, he, one of his, uh, one of his sales reps was, was a guy that used to come to Ziggy's. Okay. He used to live in, uh, Human, which is, you know, not far from Chanan. So he used to, he used to stop by and then he started doing work for Jay and, Suggest we switch over. So, and what was the the pitch? Like, uh, did they just came in? Did they come in and uh, spot some uh, fake puddles or? No, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, again, I I always you know I was always buying from legit uh, suppliers, but it was like you know maybe vodka from this person, tequila from this person, mm. whiskey from this person. So it was same thing with the beer. Right? It was kind of a pain in the ass to keep track of, and then I got approached by uh, Jay. And he was like, I can get you anything you want. And, you know, you get it all from one location and I'll beat your price. So did you have fake alcohol before? No, never. No, no way. But you just wanted to make sure that you will yeah, never exactly. have it. Yeah. And then one of the great things about Jay's Jay's supplying is he has QR codes on all of his, his bottles now. And you can scan the QR code and it will show you That's what, port it, what port came in. What, you know, where it was shipped from, when it got to the warehouse, and every bottle is different. So, you know, it's not something. Is this bullshit. original from the manufacturer or is this something that he adds something to the that bottles? He, did. he worked on it for like two years, three years, took him to get this program going. Mm. So, stay tuned for 
that guy in what, the podcast. What, what, what do you, you think? You think that every bar in China pretty much has fair alcohol? I wouldn't say everyone. I mean, I know I know the ones that Jay supplies. So okay, but even that, those ones, I mean, he doesn't. He may not supply all of it. That's true, right? So how how bad is fake alcohol the situation with that in China from your experience? Like, uh, is it is it better now than before or? Oh, I think it's just as bad. Just as bad. Yeah, I was I was in a, a competitor's bar not too long ago, and somebody bought a bottle of a uh, bottle of uh, Jaeger shots, mm -hmm. and literally like ten guys almost puked. Right? It was it was that bad. It was wow. like rancid, and they got another bottle of Jaeger and brought over the one that they just poured, and the the, the graphics didn't match. I mean, it was completely so fake, fake. Fake Jägermeister. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so it really exists everywhere. When it comes to, to, to bars, obviously you play music. Um, how do you handle a playlist? How do you handle royalties for the music that you play? How does that work here in China? We're actually really lucky, you know, that the rules are a little bit lax in China, right? Mm -hmm. We use we use Spotify at my bar, which it's kind of difficult to do, right? Because you got to have a VPN to set up the account. Do you? Do you have yeah. To set up the account. But yeah, then but later? also to do searches as well, you got to have a VPN. But going. to play, not. No, not to play. It's kind of weird. Unless it's a song that uh, hasn't hasn't played before, then it's going to stream. Wow, oh, so until it's downloaded. Once it's in memory, then you're okay. Spotify. So. We are on Spotify too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you use Spotify. You have yep. a you have a playlist. Yeah, Ziggies. we have a massive playlist. And yeah, you said before you have this kind of arrangement with with your uh, with with people that come to the bar. What is that? They uh, we have people that come to the bar and they can. Uh, they can pick whatever songs they want and then add them to our playlist. So the playlist is always growing. So the customer has a playlist at yeah. the bar. Yeah. That's Th cool. Yeah. That's one of the things that, you know, again, sets makes set kind of sets Ziggy's apart, right? It's like it's like being in your friend's living room, right? Yeah. Hey, what song you want to hear? Okay, let's play this. Right. That's really nice. All right, cool. So now we're gonna take another break and we'll be back with Michi from Ziggy's. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. So we are going to play now another game. This game is called What's Up With This? Yes. What's Up With That? So how does it work, Ziv? Okay, so Michi, we snooped around when we were nosy going through your social media. And uh, we got a couple of photos. Uh, we will show them to you and you give us some context of uh, what uh, happened that moment. What was up with that? All okay. right. Sounds All right. good. And there'll be follow-up questions, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So the first one I'm going to show you is this one. Oh, okay. Bar <laughs> barbecue at Ziggy's. Whoa. So we see Ziggy's there, right? And yep. there is a lot of uh, commotion outside. It looks like a lot of people, you're barbecuing. Who's barbecuing? Wh what's going on there? Uh, that's Marcus, uh, Brazilian barbecue. Whenever uh, I ran into Marcus maybe a year and a half ago, and everybody told me that he had the best Brazilian barbecue in probably in the whole uh, province. And uh, he was nice enough to come down. And, uh, you know, whenever we do a barbecue at Ziggy's, uh, usually, it, you know, it's like 100 or 125 RMB, all you can eat. Whoa. And his, his Brazilian barbecue is just amazing. I think that night we had like 85 people at, at Ziggy's. <laughs> and, you know, he's and unfortunately, new Ziggy's right out front, you know, the, it's a uh, apartment complex. So the small, though the, though the apartments are, are like maybe 50 yards behind where the bar is, 
but people still park their cars there. So there's cars driving through. Mm. So we took over, we take over like a parking space, but you got all these people waiting in line to have food. And then a car's like, Bleh. so you can <laughs> still, you can still barbecue there. Yeah. So people, uh, you do a party and then you, you get Marcus to do the barbecue, people pay, and then they can drink more. Yep. All right. I get it. Uh, all right. So the next one, another photo I got is this one. Ah, okay. Uh, that's something we're actually going to be doing tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's our uh, our uh, the main uh, Chanan gang for uh, Ziggy's. That's uh, you seem pretty tight. Yeah, Melinda, Natan, me, Bogdan, Declan, Carrie, uh, Ryan was upstairs at that time, I believe, and and so was Chris. Uh, that's at the go karts in Hooman. Oh, okay. So so basically, we have like a Ziggy's day at the go karts. You know, uh, I'll get like the, the main group of friends that we hang out with or anybody that wants to go, really. We get a couple of DDs, get some beers from Ziggy's or maybe a bottle or two, go to the go-kart track, <laughs> and, and the, the whiteys take over the place for the day. You guys are a tight group. But do they let you um, raise the go-karts after drinking? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> when we first went there, we were a little sketched on it, and um, then we went in and, and they were like... You yeah, can't do this. Yeah, pijama. Like, oh, sure. Oh, and for real? They Down in... <laughs> Down in warm <laughs> Budweiser's, and then after that, we're like, ah, oh, who wants to drink warm Budweiser? So we bring Ziggy's those, beer. One of those, of course, China. <laughs> of course. <laughs> China. Of, course. Yes. of course, beer at the go-kart. What could go wrong with people drinking and driving a 150cc scooter, or a <laughs> go-kart? All right, and this was What's Up With This. Okay, cool. So let's keep on talking to um, Michi about his businesses here, because as you were saying that uh, you started Ziggy's and it was quite small, but then you corrected us and said, like, no, it's larger now. Well, what went on? Uh, so in our current spot, as we discussed earlier, you know, with uh, potted plants and, and uh, <laughs> yes. water bottles and lighters raining down, uh, the apartment complex basically was like, you know, you can't have a bar here. Even, uh. though, even though you have a contract, you can't have a bar here. It's too noisy. You guys are too crazy. <laughs> so uh, my girlfriend looked around and she found a... Is, uh, I'll backtrack here, sorry. Years ago, we went to Bali, and we went to this really awesome bar that had, it was, it was basically the size of, about the size of B Quarter, right? Okay. And, but halfway up on the roof, there was a mezzanine looking mm -hmm. down over the downstairs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you could go in, you could still be upstairs, but you're not cut off from the rest of the, not you, like a full You still full enjoy the story. atmosphere. Yeah. So we were like, this would be so awesome if we had a, a Ziggy's like this, right? Where you, you know, a bigger space where you had a mezzanine where you could still look down, still part of the action. And my girlfriend looked around and found that where current Ziggy's is and negotiated with the owners and, you know, negotiated way down on price. And so we, we moved Ziggy's to where we are now. And we have, we have a half stage, right? So we have full bands all the time. And then you can still sit upstairs. We added a bar rail upstairs so you can sit upstairs and still see the band. Mm. But from the second floor, you know, added a foosball, arcade machine, dart machine. And, you know, through her looking around and, and you know, being a local and finding and using her negotiating skills, we got like a, what, quadruple the space for, for and the, our rent's only like a thousand be more a month. It's just for ridiculous. Real? Yeah. Wow. So the customers are happy? Oh, yeah, they love it. What about the location? Is I mean, <coughs> this is like 200 did the affection located, uh, sorry, did the, the location affect your customer base? or? No, we, the great thing was it's only three minutes away from <laughs> yeah. old Ziggy's. And it was a great find. Yeah, and it, yeah. and the, the way the building is situated, we're, we're in like uh, 
on the outskirts of the apartments. So like 50 yards behind us is where the actual apartment starts. So there's no noise. So there's no apartments on top of you. None. 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 On top of and you're more on the main street, right? So, I mean, probably uh, are you. Is this more on the main street, like easier to spot or no? No. no. It's, a, it's oh. like a back it's street. Back. Okay. But, but the good thing is we're near a bunch of uh, local Chinese bars. Okay. So so we're getting, we get okay. spillover from that. Right. Like Some a bar area. No yeah. more complaints from uh, we get, residents? We, amazingly enough, we get complaints from like, I, how would you say, like they don't have like a management office. They're like kind of older Chinese apartments. We'll get complaints from them every once in a while, but... You know, we've done everything we could. We put up soundproofing. We try to keep the music down, but uh, we, we still get harassed. I would say the old neighbors, the pot uh, plants, thrower neighbors probably miss you, but you kind of, you kept that place too. Yeah. Right. Yep. So wh what did you do there? We, so unfortunately, again, we couldn't get out of our, our lease. <laughs> there's, Technical. There's a, there's a very, yeah. very large deposit floating around in okay. that location. So uh, my girlfriend wanted to, has always wanted to open a restaurant. And, you know, not, nothing against her idea, but she was like, oh, I think we should open a Chinese restaurant. I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely no Chinese restaurants <laughs> anywhere in China. That'd, yeah. be a, that'd be a good call. <laughs> Original. And uh, then I, I was thinking, I'm like, what could we do here? And I'm like, well, like a retro diner, right? Like a 1950s style diner. Like a real diner. diner. Yeah. And uh, I kind of sold her on the idea and, uh, you know, uh, we, we plunked down some money and, and I, you know, I think it turned out really well. I mean, we found a 1950s supplier. That's all the furniture they make. So they made our booths and, uh, you know, the decorations all like white and black tile. It turned out really well. Did you have a lot of input in terms of graphic design as you did with Ziggy's? Oh, of course. The, in, okay. the entire thing, s f uh, top to bottom was From 100%. Scratch. Yeah. Off, off um, okay. So what kind of food do you offer? It's a, it's a regular American Diner, so burgers, steaks. Uh, yeah, but I, I took the exact same approach that I did with with the bar. I did, you know, everybody. Sorry, nothing against restaurants in in Dongguan, but everybody has the same suppliers in mm -hmm. Dongguan. They all use the same suppliers. So I'm like, if we open in Chonan and just serve the same food as Dongguan, what's going to set us apart? So I went out of my way. I mean, we have suppliers from Beijing, we have suppliers from Foshan, we have suppliers from Shenzhen. You know, my hamburger beef is Argentinian hamburger beef. I mean, I didn't want anything to be the same as you would get in Dongguan. Why? Is it different tastes? Of course, Argentinian beef and steak. Those are, that's like the best steak you can so get in the world. So nobody's using it here or hardly? Not that I know of. There's right. a famous gaucho barbecue. Mm. Mm. El All gaucho, right. yeah. I, gaucho. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Ziggy's bar doesn't have uh, a kitchen. Uh, it doesn't serve food? Or no, so we we just order. You can order from the bar, so the diner that. over to the bar. So three minutes, right? Yep. <laughs> and you know, diner is one of those things that we always talked about in the past. Like, what Dongguan needs? What <laughs> a city, a city like Dongguan in China, still needs? What we don't we have? Wasn't there a diner? Somebody who had a diner a few years ago. I mean, what is a diner? You know, uh, he's it's more the decoration. Like, no, that's a retro diner. I guess that's what it, why Michi is calling it a retro diner. But I mean, what's a diner? I mean, Tropical Grill is kind of a diner, I would say. Mm. You know, um, but a diner can be many things. But a retro diner is like he's talking about the 50s yeah. diner. Madonna. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Marilyn Monroe poster. Yeah, exactly. with, with what is it? The, the what is it? The P.U. Boots. The, the booth with uh, uh, that kind of leather like yeah, the, red or the, the uh, it's all got vinyl, right? Mm -hmm. Red, it's really vinyl, thick, yeah, glossy the vinyl. Red jukebox. Right. Yep. We got a jukebox. Jukebox. Yep. The, what uh, does this play? MP3s? 
Yeah, it looks like a regular <laughs> jukebox, but it plays. Yeah, it plays MP3s, CDs, or no? Uh, and I'll no, he's gonna QR code. Hey. <laughs> That's right. So the the waitress says uh, they have any. What do they, they have? Those um, aprons or what? Yeah, yeah, the aprons with the, uh, the taking the bills on those. Uh, yeah, on the roller mm. roller skates or yeah, whatever. Roller skates. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> I wanted people to be able be able to actually get their food and not like see it go flying through the air <laughs> as they so wreck on their roller skates. How long has it been open already? Uh, what have, maybe four months now. All right. And what about prices? I mean, mm. what's what does it cost for a couple to eat at the diner? Well, basically, average. Uh, well, on thats the big difference between Chonan and Dongguan, right? I, I, I find that like, and there's nothing wrong with it, but the, your food prices up here, I think, are a little more expensive mm. on the average thing than than they are in Chonan. Yes, the, uh, yes, it is. I think you know it, the, the, the 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 urban area, the big city kind of, and the small side suburb. It's different, right? Yeah, in we, China, we definitely couldn't get away with, you know, like a seventy-five RMB hamburger. No one would come in, right? Our hamburgers <laughs> like fifty RMB or something like that. So mm-hmm. all we tried to do, you know, as bare bones as we could as as far as prices go. But the thing that actually surprised me is our our biggest seller is like steaks. Right. You, you can't get apparently anyway. You can't get a a decent steak at least not where we are. Uh, None of the restaurants seem to carry it. So, so do, you, do you have any idea about what your clientele split is? I say in Chinese or foreigners at the diner? Actually, we have a lot more uh, Chinese than we do Westerners. It's kind of strange. What do they mm. eat? Well, the Chinese love the steaks. It's like our number one seller. Wow. Okay. So a hamburger, you say it's 50 RMB, which is what? $7? $7? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, come what what what's a hamburger in the states nowadays in Depends a diner a in, I guess because got the depends. your gourmet hamburgers no, and whatnot right. you can go up to twenty dollars right so yeah, I guess exactly. it depends I guess it depends right um mm. but yeah in the big city it seems to be uh, uh, a bit overpriced yeah <laughs> in for here. sure yeah, yeah we need you to get ninety rem- ninety RMB hamburgers good right. but ninety RMB still is quite a bit of money right. So, so the bar and and now the diner and and I know you had you tried another uh, branch for the bar in another place before, right? And you closed it after maybe the location or uh, w- w- why you open another place, right? Ziggy's in a, in a more in the city, yep. like you said. It was in Dongguan proper, yeah. Right, well, and what happened there? Off of uh, more more in terms of like you know I think a, a lot of people uh, open places and they get closed down quickly, right? Um, any any lessons you learned from that? Oh, for sure. Location, location, location. I mean, and and uh, you know, nothing against Dongguan, but if you can't walk to it from you know Dongcheng Jobaje, you you ain't gonna be in business very long. Mm. So it's all about location. I think there. it has something to do also with the way um, foreigners run businesses here, because you said it earlier when we were doing the preparation talk. You said the bar is me. My English training center is me. True. Miguel's Pizza Place is him. Right. Jason's One Foot Road right, is Jason. Right, right. So the, the the person is really important. So that's why it's so difficult and you to can't duplicate. In, you can't be in two places. Exactly. Yeah, right. that's true. Right. It's it's a hundred percent true. You see a lot of uh, foreigners that uh, maybe make good salary, and they say, oh, "Yeah, I can I, I can open a bar." And uh, that for them, the first place is not even them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they think they can just open it and keep their you know, the job, job without being there every day, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't really work like that. And I guess that's one of the reasons because you couldn't be there 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If I if people knew I was going to go up there, then then yeah, they, they, they would, would, would have a big night and they would show up. But right. then then the one in Chanan is struggling. Correct. And vice versa. Right. So are you content right now with the two places you have in Chanan? Uh, <sighs> Yeah, I, I've made a new day. It's a 28-hour day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go between? Well, it's not. It's like three minutes walk, right? Yeah. yeah. You so get a I little try, exercise. I try, to, I try to put in a, you know, even, even hours between my day job, the diner job, and the bar job. So the diner is open uh, from lunch time? Yeah, we open it uh, from 11 till 2 um, every day, except for, actually, we're changing to Tuesdays now. We closed on Tuesdays. What do you recommend to anyone, any foreigner uh, coming to China, walking here for a bit and thinking of opening a restaurant or a bar? Be, prepare, be prepared for a large headache. If headache. You, especially if you have a lot of, uh, a lot of friends with like, input. It's, oh, it's yeah. very frustrating because you know, maybe, maybe you like onions on your hamburger. Maybe you like pickles. Right. Maybe you won't eat your hamburger if it came with onions. Maybe you won't eat your hamburger if it came with pickles. Right. They're just food. They're, they're, everybody has their own... That's and FMB, yeah. 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 So, so they always want you to make it their way. So, I, I mean, I feel sorry for our chefs because they gotta. You can have. Mm. Uh, they gotta memorize what everybody, the way everybody likes. You things. can have seventy-five <laughs> uh, uh, kinds of beers, but you cannot have seventy-five kinds of burgers. No. Give me a ziv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me the ziv. Yeah. Right. Two zips for table four. Do you <laughs> do you hire um, foreigners? Now we have uh, uh, two Chinese waitresses. And uh, actually, we do. I guess. I guess technically, we do. We have a Filipino chef. Oh, okay. And how do you get them to? Uh, do you teach them how to do things, or do they come from other restaurants? Uh, so, Chef Armin. We have Chef Armin and Chef Amber, which they're a great team. Uh, chef Amber, like her specialties, like salads and and stuff like that. But she's really picking up on the Western stuff. But Not Armin, tough. Armin's been a chef for. Like twenty five years, wow. he's he's almost as old and dead as I am, and you know it amazes me. I can just be like Armin, do you know how to make this? Oh yeah, no problem, boss. And it's like, you know, the most the random blue. thing, right? And and <laughs> he knows, you know, his God bless Armin, but his English isn't that great, right? So I have to write, like, of course, write the the ads for it. Like the other day, he posted like, boss, we're gonna have a. Uh, uh, Spaghetti, 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 shrimp, flaming vodka. And I'm like, oh, wow. what? <laughs> I'm like, you mean like there's like a, a, a flaming sauce that goes on it? Yes. I'm like, okay, well, post that in our, our diner group, right? So, you know, Chef Amber and, 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 you know, everybody that works for the diner needs, knows what they need to know, right? He posted in the group and everybody's like, Vodka's only 75 tomorrow and, and it's going to be on fire? What? And I'm like, uh, what Chef Armin meant was... In the big group, you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he posted ah. it in the big Ziggy's group. Right. right. Of course, so, China. Yes. <laughs> so how, how, do you, how do you do the marketing? How, uh, do you, how do you get people to know about your places? Uh, as many ways as I can. I mean, uh, I'm on, we're on TripAdvisor. Okay. Uh, I also use, obviously, Facebook for, for bigger events, not for day-to-day -day stuff. You do? Okay. Uh, yeah, I have a Ziggy's page for You do have a Ziggy's page, right, okay. Uh, but it's only for, like, bigger events. Like, if I'm going to have, like, a big band come down or, or my birthday or something, we'll, okay. do, we'll do an event on Facebook. Uh, then, obviously, mostly WeChat. WeChat. How about Douyin? Douyin, you know, Douyin. TikTok? Mm -mm. You don't do that. Nope. So you do WeChat, Weixin, you do your moments. 
Yep. But you don't have a, you do have an account actually, I think, right? You yeah. Have a, a yeah, we have official, a big but you professional don't account, same thing, we don't use it unless you don't it's use it, right, event. right, right. So you just push it on your uh, moment, on your feed. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and probably a lot of people uh, <laughs> unfriend you or unfollow you yes, after a course. while, of course, of right? Course. But you do have the groups. Yeah. I guess the groups uh, is, is a good marketing tool because it's the people that are there want to be there and want to see it. Yeah, of course. Right, the regulars and and all those kind of people. You know, and uh, it is funny. I do. People tell me all the you, you advertise way too much. I'm like, I disagree because every time that I advertise, I can go into the bar that night and like, did anybody do the special thing? Oh yeah, mm. you know, this person, this person. This. I'm like, well, clearly not everybody's blocked me. Yeah, <laughs> some people and it are still right. reading. Right. Some people <laughs> still want to save money. <laughs> right, right. Do you so you design your ads, your stuff, and your posters? I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah, I always yeah. try to make them a little bit uh, tongue in cheek. Try to make them funny. Uh, are there? Uh, so we spoke a little bit about it before, but I mean, uh, Chinese clients and foreign clients. Any main difference? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, not really. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, the the Chinese want to be there just as much as the Westerners, right? And, and if you if you like we discussed earlier, if you try to break that language barrier and be just as friendly and welcoming to them as you are to the Westerners, then then you know everybody's the same, right? So I would guess you agree that it's not a good uh, idea to to start a bar and think this is a bar just for foreigners. That'd be terrible. That'd be terrible, stupid, right? Be, you'd <laughs> fold quickly. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Um, what are what are some of your your um, special drinks? Do you have cocktails that are like the signature drink uh, at oh, the bar? Oh, sure. Me and my so one of my buddies is Natan, and uh, Natan and I just randomly drinking one night. Uh, Natan's like, you know, I really he was having a bad day, and he's like, I really want to get shit faced tonight. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, he drinks gin and ton gin and, and tonics with me all the time, right? And he's like, one night he's like. What if we get, so at Ziggy's we have, uh, sorry, we have our uh, large cocktail glasses that are about the size of that Ziggy's. Dixie cup, mm -hmm. right? So we, we have, you know, like we drink, me and Natan will drink like triple gins all night, right? And one night he's like, what if we added some vodka to that? And I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like it would get us pretty shit-faced. And he's like, well, let's do it. You're going Breaking Bad at the cocktail yeah. bar. <laughs> so so we, we came up with this drink called the Gin Atomic. And gin it's atomic instead. Three shots, three full shots of gin plus a shot of vodka in a in a <laughs> glass that size. Is it on the menu? Yeah, it's on the menu. It's on the menu. Yeah. Oh my god. And then there, our other one is the uh, Easter Island iced tea. So instead of a Long Island iced tea, we have it actually comes in a Easter Island head glass, uh -huh. like a black Easter Island head glass, and it's double the alcohol that goes in an Easter Island in, in a Long Island iced tea than a shot of Baijiu. <laughs> what 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 kind of uh, things you see after you drink like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> hallucinating. What? No, I mean you, the, your, you your see friends, the ceiling your spinning. Gang, your gang, you know, people fell asleep at a bar. People stay there all night till the morning. I mean, the stuff you see running a bar like this in China. Oh, we have so there's a non-disclosure at the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah, if you didn't want to get drunk, don't come in here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the what I think our record is. In one night, our record, I think, at uh, Old Ziggy's, I don't think we beat it at the New Ziggy's yet, was uh, 25 bell shots in one night. Jesus. And we're talking, you know, wow. you can you can do anything, well, any any regular bottle, right? So you could do vodka, you could do tequila, you could do whiskey, you could right. do you fireball, yeah. yeah. You can pick what your shot is, right? 
So imagine drinking 25 different shots of vodka, tequila, all that percolating. Mixed also. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it wasn't a good night. Are you allowed to decline anyone? No. No. Not unless you want to let it ridicule. Oh, you're out. Yeah. Right. Hey, um, one of the things that I've always thought about uh, a bar is that it brings a lot of your friends. And a lot of your friends, do they have a tab that they can put their drinks on? How does that work? Is that dangerous? Is that something you do? Yeah, we... You know, we're a smaller bar. I mean, obviously, we prefer not to do it because we've been burned a couple mm. of times. But Chanan's like a, you know, it's like a small town, right? So everybody knows everybody. So, yeah, uh, we have a couple of uh, friends that have, have earned the right to, uh, they'll, run, it, they'll run a tab. And, and uh, at the end of the month, they always settle up. So, mm -hmm. Right. Sounds like a family. Yeah, of, it is of. very family oriented. Both for the diner and the bar? Uh, nobody really does it at the diner. Seems when people eat, they they always have the money and they just pay right on the spot. <laughs> right. Did you um? So also like I asked you about the bar, right? Did you? Uh, <laughs> I guess you, uh, the same answer would be, you never thought you'd own a restaurant. No, oh, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. If if I could go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> but you do eat there every day. Yes. Again, you see my svelte figure. Can right. tell that I'm eating healthy food every day. And after all the drinking at your bar, you still show up to work every morning. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a brutal. It's an life. ability. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> on my fourth lung or and my fourth uh, liver. So <laughs> iron uh, livers go a long way. I wanted to ask you a question because this is something for a lot of foreigners that are here for a very very long time. Um, is there um, an exit strategy or a retirement strategy for foreigner? Who's been in the city for this long? Uh, I think. Do you it's even different. think about that? It's different for me, though, right? I mean, I have a, I have like multiple businesses going, and you know, I, I don't have, don't plan on leaving China. So, uh, I think it's different for me. For, uh, you know, I mean, if you're a teacher or something, I think it's a little more, right, a little more difficult. But for me, I mean, actually, our my girlfriend and I's uh, the the dream is, you know, some someday in like. Uh, Phuket or Cambodia, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe the Philippines open another Ziggy's. Mm. So we have a source of income coming in there, right? I mean, you know, it's not, to me, it's not that complicated of a, a, a business model, you know. It's a cheap, find some place with cheap rent and a good location, good decoration, good music, good alcohol selection. You know, I would think that people would want that anywhere they go. So that's kind of our, our dream retirement is we someday find a place and and start that and then we have income during when i'm retired how much money can you make from a bar in 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 china like you have like can you make enough money to you save can you buy another property and always oh, not like that you have to work your let's just let's just say you have to work your ass off I right mean, for unfortunately years. for us we you know we tried the the business and so you lost some money in other places yeah exactly right. we're still trying to rebuild that i mean right Original Ziggy's, we we made we made really good money uh, very quickly, right? But then and then that's that's what spurred you know maybe we should, we could open a second one. So then you spend the money there. Yeah, exactly. It happens. It happens to many of us. I think this is a question that. that I like to ask a lot of Americans, and um, I think it's interesting for people who probably are thinking about coming to China. How do you feel about the level of freedom that you have here in China? A lot of people say like, oh, I wouldn't go to China to live or work or anything because there's no freedom. What's what's your take on that? I mean, they, they've clearly never been here. There's way more freedom, at least for me, in China than I've had in 
in the U.S. all day long. How important is freedom of speech for you? Which is one of the things that they usually just throw on the table. Like, hey, freedom of speech, I can say whatever I want about my president and not be in trouble. Yeah, actually, you can't though, right? We all know that's not true. You can't say, you, you know, I wish Trump would get shot. You know, the FBI is going to be knocking on your door in about true. two hours. So, right. yeah, but freedom of speech, not it's not really a big deal. I mean, mm. stuff like that I don't give a rip about, but... Uh, just the other th simple things, right? I mean, I own a bar, so obviously my, all my examples will be drinking related, but I think it's great <laughs> that I can walk from the diner with a gin and tonic over to over to Ziggy's bar and those cops aren't going to fucking slam me on the ground and arrest me for a you know, open container in public. Mm -hmm. Or I can drive from Dongguan up to, uh, down to Chanan uh, with a beer in the car with my DD driver and not going to get pulled over for open You're just container. a passenger, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's yeah. Th there's just just little weird freedoms like that that you have, and you know, motorcycles are illegal, right? But I've had a motorcycle for like four years here in in uh, Chanan. <laughs> you know, there's like like Ziv said, there's they have other more important things things to do, and and you know, so there's just a lot of freedoms that in the U.S. if they would just uh, concentrate on the one the the, the the bad things that they should be concentrating on, life would be a lot better, right? But they concentrate on every single thing. So it sounds like uh, you'd recommend people to come here. I guess it's certain kind of people, right? Yeah, I think I, I, I've met people that came over and they lasted like right. th three months and they just right. couldn't handle China. Right. So like, but yeah, there are those and there are those like that, like us, I guess, that yeah. are here. They come to see that it's not as bad as it is pictured outside and right right i mean it's you know nothing is perfect you you make you make the place what uh what it can be for you I that's think. right yeah i mean i I've, i just uh i approach mm -hmm. everything with a sense of humor right i mean right. the things that drive us crazy we just sit around and you know a group of western friends will laugh about it right it's all they're all right. like inside jokes right don't let it like drive your day i mean it's not worth you know, freaking out and concentrating on the little weird things that they do here that you don't like. The bottom line is that uh, you can uh, definitely have a pretty good life here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. All right, guys. So, Michi, we want to thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank, thank you, you for taking the time. Thank you for, thank you for coming here. all the way from Tangan to uh, Dongguan and sit with us. And, uh, well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. You know how it goes. We want you to click the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And when you do that, don't forget to hit the bell button to be notified whenever the, uh, we have a new video up. And, um, well, make sure to follow us in the social media that is printed right here on the screen. And, uh, well, that has been, of course, China. Bye for now.